Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome to Bet the Edge on Thursday, November 4th. This is Drew Dinsick here hosting today with Von, with the outstanding Von Dalzell. We will bring you the best of the sports betting card, not just for today, but for the weekend coming up. It is a packed sports weekend. Thank you to those of you watching our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Uh, we have a very full show today. We welcome three guests, starting with Matt Bernier, who is at Del Mar. We will be breaking down the best of the Breeders' Cup slate there are some key horses with some value who we will hit and uh, likely get some winners this weekend so cannot wait to talk to matt we will then move on and hit brad thomas for some premier league winners uh premier league starting to heat up some absolutely outstanding action last week cannot wait to hear what brad has for us including man U versus man city this weekend which is always a fun rivalry and then finally we will top off the show put a bow on it with steve riccardi he will break down the creative ways to wager on the favorites saturday night at ufc 268 at madison square garden plus edge of the day all of that and more coming up on bet the edge powered by points bet vaughn how are we doing tonight Oh, I'm doing well. A little bit of a bounce back day. It's Thursday night football, NBA slate. We have literally every sport going on this weekend. I can't wait, man. How are you? I'm also looking for a bounce back. NBA was not kind to me on Wednesday night, <laughs> but uh, I love, I do love uh, a couple of looks on the card tonight, but we'll save that for the end edge of the day. I'm curious about uh, how you're going to attack this Thursday night football game. Uh, we have the Jets taken on the Colts, and uh, right now Colts sitting at 10.5 point favorite. Our total is at 46.5, so low total, high spread. Uh, obviously, the market not giving a ton of respect to Mike White, even after what he did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, he did that at home. Now he's on the road, in the dome, hostile environment. What are your, some of your major takeaways and some of the ways you're going to attack the board in this Thursday night football game? Totally expecting Mike White and the Jets to continually passing in this one. I mean, the 10 and a half spread obviously impacts. It makes you think that they're going to be playing from behind the majority of the game. So I did play Mike White over 35 and a half passing yards, as well as Michael Carter over four and a half receptions. That's a play that you heard. If you listen to the podcast yesterday, you heard that play when Lawrence came on. I loved it. I mean, 17 catches in the last two games, 23 targets. So I'm looking more at the player prop market in this one, just because, I mean, I can't get down with the Jets at 10 and, at 10 and a half. And I mean, <laughs> I bet the Colts money line against the Titans. They lost in overtime. Carson wants to throw picks in his own end zone. I want nothing to do uh, with the Colts at this point. So is there any way you're leaning? <laughs> 
Well, if I had to take a play on this one, I'm probably betting the Colts. This was look ahead here was Colts 14, 14 and a half at some places. And obviously the adjustment to 10 and a half. Some of that is a correction because the uh, the Jets were pushed a little far out after that uh, pretty embarrassing performance against the Patriots the prior week. So they've come back in a little bit. But uh, this is asking a lot for them to go on the road and take on what is a playoff caliber team in the AFC and the Indianapolis Colts as 10 and a half point dogs. Basically, I'm I'm probably going to look for a live entry here the Colts hope that the Jets can maybe get an early score here and this gets ticks under a touchdown and then I'll happily get involved at, uh, with the Colts yeah. at that point but um, I think we're due for uh, a better game than the uh, than the market would imply I think because you know these are these are two teams that uh, tend to at least produce some entertaining football I guess so uh, should be a ton of fun Let's uh, let's put a pin in Thursday Night Football and talk about a little bit of Breeders' Cup. We welcome in Matt Brenier, who is in Del Mar, uh, down in the beautiful county of San Diego. Of course, um, to set the stage here, the Breeders' Cup moves around the country. Different venue every year. This is only the second year that it is being contested at Del Mar. Del Mar is a very special track. A ton of, uh, you know, just a great atmosphere. A lot of people who are true racing fans, you know, a special place for them to go watch this race. And there are some particularities about Del Mar that make it an interesting handicap. A lot of horses had to travel who have been been racing on the East Coast all summer long. They have to travel out West. That's a big deal. Of course, you have a number of jockeys who aren't especially familiar uh, with Del Mar that are going to have a tough ask in this track. Are there any other general handicapping tricks, tools, things in your uh, in your handicapping toolbox that you think are important for this weekend? Yeah, I think you can kind of, a bit of a blanket statement, but in general, European turf horses are better than American turf horses. So if you're looking at any of the grass races this weekend, maybe give the European shippers another look. Don't just completely gloss over them. From a sort of tactical standpoint, Delmar does actually feature tighter turns specifically on the turf course because of the alterations they had to make to the track to get the Breeders' Cup the first time in 2017. So horses who can run around the bend which sounds a little bit funny, but really that's something that not all horses are capable of doing. Horses that can scoot around corners, they actually are much better suited here at Del Mar maybe than some other tracks. You think of Belmont Park back on the East Coast or Saratoga, a little bit of a wider turf situation than what you've got here at Del Mar this weekend. And I think it's also worth noting the stretch run here at Del Mar, a little bit shorter than what we're used to. You think of Churchill Downs, some of these other tracks, fairgrounds in uh, New Orleans. The stretch goes on forever and a day. Here at Del Mar, that's not the case. So much of the running is done on the turn. And really, the race is decided by the time they hit the top of the lane on the main track. So a couple things that maybe you want to keep an eye on if you're playing Friday and Saturday. Okay. Learn a little bit something there. We're talking about horses traveling west to east. We're talking about <laughs> hitting the corners. All right. I, I like where we're headed with this one. So I want to talk about the favorites a little bit, Matt. I know we got Spaces Blue. Mo Forza, uh, but there's someone else you're eyeing up with a little bit better odds. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, in the mile on Saturday, I know I was just talking about the European shippers and you want to give them a look and Vaughn, to your point, Space Blues is going to be the favorite in this spot. But I think a horse called In Love, who's actually a Brazilian bred horse, was based in Argentina for the first few starts of his career before coming here to the United States. I think he's really been a bit of a revelation for his trainer, Paulo Lobo. He had been a horse that had always hinted at ability here in the States, but Always couldn't quite get there. There was always one or two better than him. And even when he did win his races, he only won by a head or a neck. They put blinkers on him two starts back. And blinkers are, it's a set of equipment that's basically think of a face mask with some little pieces over here on the side to get him to focus a little bit more. Those blinkers went on in the past two races have far and away been the best of his career. 
one race at Kentucky Downs, another one at Keeneland most recently against grade one company. So he's in raging form. I think he's going to be a fair price. He's eight to one on the morning line. I'd play him at six to one or better. I'm hopeful maybe we get every bit of that eight to one. I think he's got a major chance to upset this thing. Ooh, interesting. That is a very off the radar pick. And I love those type of picks because really, uh, you know, when I think of Breeders' Cup results, other than like a couple of standout, obvious, like, you know, favorites took care of business, the American Pharaohs, the, you know, the California Chromes, the, you know, the obvious ones, the other races, a lot of them are total shockers because this is a different, you know, we're late in the season uh, and some courses can absolutely come on, you know, come on and uh, surprise. Uh, I kind of teased earlier this week, the race I'm most excited about is the uh, Longinus Distaff. Uh, that, of course, is the Phillies and Mares, the class of the uh, world, Phillies and Mares. Some absolutely outstanding horses here. We have uh, a couple of huge, huge names. Obviously, the most uh, successful of the uh, Mares this season, uh, Latruska is in the field. Malafat is in the field. She won the Kentucky Oaks. And, you know, realistically, this is a tough handicap. I think on my pick six, I'm probably going to have to have a number of these horses. Is there anyone that stands out to you that you think can really distinguish themselves among the distaff? I mean, the race does go through Latruska. You brought it up. Her her season this year has been fantastic. She's only lost one time in seven starts. She's the kind of horse that her style is go right to the front and say, come and catch me. There is other speed in this race, though, and I think that could potentially make her a little bit more vulnerable. If all the speeds line up, I think a filly called Clarier has a giant chance to upset this thing. And maybe if she doesn't quite win, I do think she's going to come with a run, maybe to run second or third at a big price. She's trained by Steve Asmussen, and she has that sort of profile. She's taken incremental steps forward throughout the year. She hasn't had these giant leaps from start to start where she's jumped up 10, 15 points on the speed figure scales. She's taken little steps forward each and every time. And now coming into this race here this weekend, She's training like an absolute machine. She was at Santa Anita for a long time. Steve Asmussen shipped her in from the East Coast about a month early. She was based up at Santa Anita. Now she's been down here at Del Mar for a few days, and she looks like she's just a picture of health at this point. So I'm expecting a big run from her. It's worth noting Steve Asmussen and the rider, Ricardo Santana Jr., they're in a bit of a cold snap right now. I'm not terribly worried about it. These are the best of the best as far as trainer and jockey are concerned. And at this point, am I really going to get off a horse that I like? It's going to be 10 or 15 to 1 because the jockey's in a bit of a cold snap. It doesn't really bother me. If anything, maybe I'm going to get more of a better price than I would in normal circumstances. So Clarier, I think, is one that you definitely have to consider in the distaff. All right. That sounds good. And you said healthy horse as well. So that's always something good to back. I have a couple of things I want to ask you here because last year when I started learning a little bit about the horse, horse capping, I mean, there was Medina Spirit, a couple of these other courses like Essential Quality. Uh, there were storied horses, and now you've seen some prices drift in the classic lately. Um, you know, who are you looking at in this race? Because um, I saw a name, and I thought it was Max Bet, but it was not. It was Max something else. So tell us a little bit <laughs> about that, because I got a little excited when I saw this horse. Yeah, look, Max Player is not the, uh, let's say, one of the likeliest winners of the classic, but you take a look at the way this race shapes up. Nick's go is the favorite. He's the fastest horse going into it, but I maintain he wouldn't pass a parked car if he had to. Medina Spirit is the kind of horse that he's got one way to go, and that's right to the front. Now, naturally, I don't know if he's quite as fast as Nick's go, but to me, Medina Spirit can only win this race if they're aggressive out of the gate. That could potentially set up a pace duel between those two, and if that's the case, now you need to look at the horses that are going to be running in that next flight, whether it is Hot Rod Charlie or an Essential Quality or Max Player, who of those horses is probably going to be the best price He's another Steve Asmussen trainee. And I think the thing that's most intriguing about Max Player 
you know, for the majority of his career, he had been a horse that did his running from way in the back of the pack. And as a four-year-old this year, he's been much sharper. He's been able to get into the race earlier. And that's been the key difference because he hasn't had as much work to do at the top of the lane as he has in the past, where he's been coming from five, six, seven out of it. With that pace pressing trip, I think that can go a long way in a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic on Saturday. He's going to be a good price, and I think we can get a forward move here. He does need to improve from a speed figure standpoint, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So a horse that's probably in that 8 or 10 to 1 range, he's not the likeliest winner. you got to stress that, but I think he's one that you're going to get an overlay on him on Saturday, and that's the way I'm going to go. I love this. Uh, so basically, if the we'll, we'll call it the, uh, the Matt Bernier Daily Double. The uh, Asmussen and, uh, and and Santana uh, in the Distap and the Classic. If that comes home, that's probably going to be like one fifty to one, two hundred to one. That's going to be a nice price. So I will absolutely have a ticket on that. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll be down there with you on Friday. Uh, the juvenile awesome. races, of course, go off on Friday. I'm always excited for this because if this gives you a good preview of what to you know, like head start on 2022 seeing all these horses start to run. And there is a lot of unknown quantities, honestly. I don't really even know how you come up with a fair price for this juvenile race because there's, you know, these horses are so lightly raced and uh, somebody's going to pop here. Is there anyone that we should look out for among the juvenile favorites that you think is uh, worth, uh, you know, following closely? Well, Jack Christopher for Chad Brown is the fastest horse in the race, but he's not just that. He's actually one of the fastest two-year-olds of the past five years from a buyer speed figure standpoint. Whoa. And that's that really kind of goes to show just how talented this horse is. The problem with Jack Christopher, he's very modestly bred, and he, he, frankly, he's not bred to be a two-turn horse. He's bred to yeah. be a sprinter, and this is going to be his first time racing outside of New York his first time going two turns, and his first time taking on other legitimate speed. I think he has a number of things going against him as a horse that's probably going to be odds on when all is said and done. The horse that I'm interested in is actually the horse that finished second behind Jack Christopher in their most recent start. That was the Champagne at Belmont Park in New York in October. His name's Command Performance. And the interesting thing about Command Performance is he's a maiden. He's yet to win a race, actually. But coming into this race here this weekend, I think he has everything you're looking for. If the pace heats up, he's going to be able to relax, come with his run rounding the far turn. Two turns is actually what he wants from a pedigree standpoint. And he's trained by Todd Pletcher. Todd Pletcher is one of the best trainers that we've had in this game for the past 20 years. So I think you're going to get a fair enough price. I, I wouldn't go any lower than probably four to one on command performance, but I, I think he has a major chance to upset Jack Christopher in the juvenile. Ooh, man. See, I had eyes for Corniche with the Baffert and Smith combo. And of course, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on all it's racing here on the West Coast. Uh, younger horses, the travel may be a little bit of a factor. We'll see, though. Fantastic stuff, Matt. Very much appreciate it. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Birnier underscore Matt. Check out more of his Breeders' Cup content on NBCSportsEdge.com and on our YouTube channel. See you guys. All right, it's going to be a great weekend, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, can make it even better by giving you a shot to win $180,000 by entering free contests. Get it started on Saturday with English Premier League and college football, then take a shot at $110K on Sunday, being given away between the final race in the NASCAR playoffs and Sunday night's matchup between the Titans and the Rams. So go download the NBC Sports Predictor app now. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150, thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. We welcome in Brad Thomas next to talk a little bit of EPL. And uh, honestly, it's been a very successful season among our EPL handicappers, both on the NBC Sports Edge web articles that we've been providing, as well as some of the segments we've done on Bet the Edge. So I'm super excited to hear what Brad has to say about the upcoming weekend. Brad, let's uh, start off talking about this matchup between the Wolves and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace was impressive last week. Uh, yes. Didn't see that coming. Um, but the Wolves are kind of frisky. And, you know, really the market is a little cool on these guys. Is there a fun um, angle of attack here? And I guess, would you lean Wolves or Palace? Yeah, I'm actually going to go ahead and back Wolves. I'm going to do it a little bit different than Moneyline. I'm going to take draw, no bet. Um, what that means is if there's a draw, you get your money back. But if they win, then they pay you plus 105. So this match is shaping up to be a classic 1-0 matchup. You know, both teams are pretty good defensively. It's just who do you trust more? Do you trust uh, a team, you know, with Raul Jimenez or do you trust a team with Patrick Vieira managing, you know, questionable decisions, that big win from Crystal Palace, just, it smells like a letdown spot here and the Wolves are in fine form. So you kind of have to look at home and away splits when you're going to back a big underdog like this. And the Wolves have done very well in their last four away matches. They haven't lost. I would consider money line at plus two Oh five. Cause the price is so good. And, and they've won quite a few big tickets this season. But I want to play it a little bit more safe because Crystal Palace is in very fine form. And by fine form, I mean they're not losing. Uh, a lot of draws uh, this season. Last six, I think they've drawn four of them. So I think at getting plus money for Wolves draw no bet is a fantastic spot. Yeah, I think it's wise always to go that. I mean, the plus 205, 210s are very tempting to do, but... That sounds like the most, much better option in the long run. And 43% of the money is coming on Crystal Palace. So a little bit of books wanting the opposite way there. So I like your look as well. And another matchup to talk about, Leeds and Leicester City. These two teams sitting at 175 and 145. Is there a look that you have between the two? Because Leeds did win the last matchup between these squads. Yeah, so initially when I was looking at this matchup, I was really ready to back Leeds team total. It's something that I've been so in love with that has crushed me so many times. Leicester City has been, frankly, just awful defensively, and it was a look I really liked. However, with the recent news of Harvey Barnes and James Madison both being ill, and they're going to miss their Thursday clash against Spartak, who are they going to play in this, this Europa match? You know, they're going to have tired legs on Thursday, and then three days later, they're going to have to turn around and take on Leeds. Leeds is led by probably one of the hottest young players in soccer in Rafinha. The Brazilian international has been 
on a tear recently. And it's not necessarily a goal scoring tear because he's only scored four goals in nine matches, but he's been playing very well. And just like I, in my last handicap, the last match, you want to look at home and away splits. Well, 59% of the goals conceded by Leicester City have been on the road. And both teams are probably, I think they're the only two teams that don't have a big advantage, home field advantage. So I'm I'm not super gung-ho on hammering the money line, but when you have two of your best players out in a, in a game that should feature a good amount of goals in a very hot Rafinha, I have to take leads at plus 175. It's just, there's no way to, to not back it. Leads at home have been struggling to score multiple goals, and they kind of, I think they have an opportunity here against a leaky team to, to score multiple goals and get the victory. Ooh, interesting. That's a hot take. Uh, yeah. The uh, you wouldn't know it by the way the market prices these guys, but Man City currently sitting third in the table right now in the Premier League, coming off of an uninspiring loss and really just you know have, haven't really had their sharpest stuff in the EPL. For being honest, uh, a couple blowouts, but nothing to really write home about. They take on a Manchester United team this weekend, who also I think has been relatively unimpressive and is uh, in the borderline ready to kind of fall apart. Maybe firing the manager. There's a lot of um, unhappy fans here for Man U. What are some of the ways you feel like uh, we can find an edge betting this uh, rivalry match in Manchester? You know, derbies are always fun. And you won't catch me taking a minus 175 price on a derby (laughs) match. So if I were to look at this match, there's only two options in the three-way market that I would look at. That'd be either playing Manchester United at plus uh, 360 or taking the draw at plus 300. I'm looking more at the draw. One thing about this Man U team, you know, they've been very leaky and they haven't been tremendous. However, Cristiano Ronaldo is keeping all off the hot seat as much as he possibly can. I feel like this game has draw written all over it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see what three matches ago when it was 0-0. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. We saw a nice 2-2 with Ronaldo getting another late equalizer. So I think there's plenty of value in taking the draw and like I said, you cannot catch me taking a derby price at minus 145. All I played today has been basketball. That's going to be my first play <laughs> of the day. Right in you, Brad. Plus 290. I love that. 59% of the match bet count on that. 67% of the handle on Man City. Uh, not much on the draw, but I think that's a, a very well-rounded look. So uh, I'll ride that one as well. Yeah, I completely agree. So thank you to NBC Sports Edge's own Mr. Brad Thomas. You can follow Brad on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. Check out more of his soccer handicap on our website, NBCSportsEdge.com. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge wherever you may be listening. Make sure to rate the pod and, of course, sign up. We're giving you all of the actionable information you need in 30 minutes or less. The lines move fast, and we want to make sure you are gaining an edge with us. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter, of course. We love hearing from all you guys. Uh, we're here to answer any questions, suggestions, games, and ideas that you guys might have. Drew is well underscore Capper on Twitter. I'm V Money Sports. All right, let's welcome in our final guest of the day. Absolutely awesome show. Talk about a little bit of UFC with our good pal, Steve Riccardi. Uh, Steve, UFC 268 goes off on Saturday night. It is an absolutely awesome card. And realistically, uh, I guess I don't want to steal any any of the thunder here because I've gotten to see some of your picks and they're, they're, honestly, they're exciting. Let's start with the welterweight championship. Can you talk me in or out of a play on uh, on Usman here to uh, win by KO, TKO? Well, that, that's going to be my play. And again, UFC 268 is, is going to be a great card. It's in Madison Square Garden. 
the Garden always, the world's most famous arena. It always brings out the best in all these fighters. I think that Colby Covington is going to kind of dictate where this, this fight's going to go. In the last fight, these guys are both college wrestlers, right? Usman, Covington, both college wrestlers, and they didn't wrestle in their first fight. Covington was able to get a lot of his shots off early and push the pace, but Usman has more power, carries that power later into the fight, and Covington wasn't able to gas him out, and then Usman was able to, to basically get that fifth-round knockout. Usman has 100% takedown defense, but I think that Covington needs to, to mix in the wrestling Try to tire him out if he's going to try to win a decision. I think Usman is, is ripe here for, for another knockout, and I think it's going to come earlier. I wrote it up in my article that it's, I, I'm guessing third round. That's what I'm looking Ooh. at. Okay. I like that a lot. This is going to be the, by far the biggest fight of the night, obviously. Most popular prop is that one in between the fight, the TKO, KO. I actually have a good friend down at a New York deli by me that uh, is a huge UFC fan, and he said, I told him that bet this morning, and he said, that's a lock. So uh, I'm, I'm riding like that, that one too. Yeah, he said it's. He literally said it's a lock. So I'm riding that one too. Maybe not as big of a fight. One that people might not watch as much. It's the strawweight championship. Do you have a bet you like in this one worth giving out? I'll be honest with you. I think Rose is going to get the win here. Uh, I think she's going to. You know, this is another rematch. And again, in in UFC fights, the winner of the first fight usually wins 61% of the time in rematches. Oh, so that's a stat for you right there. If you're, if you're interested in that you know, rematch. And, and again, this was a championship fight the first time finished in under two minutes. You know, Zhang had a lot of excuses in that last fight. She came yeah. out and she talked about jet lag and her equilibrium was off. I mean, I don't think she's totally wrong in what she was saying because her distance management was off. And if you watch the, the knockout that Rose had, Rose stepped in and was able to hit her with, with a left high tick up, kick up to the, to the chin. And she actually opened her arms as the kick was coming in. So I think her distance management was off. Uh, Zhang has now switched camps. She's now, you know, in camp with Henry Cejudo, who is, uh, you know, a two-division two UFC champ and Olympic, you know, gold medalist. So she's got the best training going around. But I really like this fight going to, to the distance. I think that this is going to go to decision. Uh, I believe we can get that right now at minus 115. So I do like Rose, but I'm not betting Rose. I'm betting the decision prop. Fair enough. And I agree with you. I remember how uh, surprising it was that the last fight ended so quickly. And in general, you know, the overs on these straw on these strawweight women's matches are, you know, they're generally pretty solid looks. Yeah. So I uh, won't disagree with you there. Uh, we have a, a, a very interesting lightweight bout on the uh, undercard here between Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Uh, currently, Gaethje is minus 210, Chandler plus 165. Any interest here in the dog or is there a better way to attack this one? No, I'm with the favorite here, to be honest with you. I like I like Justin Gaethje, and this is going to be violence, guys. So, again, <laughs> they actually they moved this this fight up to the main card opener. Oh, um, okay. There's there's a coach. His his name is Trevor Whitman. He works for the ESPN and UFC telecasts, and he actually has the three fights on this main card. He's going to be coaching Justin Gaethje. He's going to be coaching Rose. He's also going to be coaching Usman. So they gave him a little bit of a break, and they moved this to the to the opener of the main card. I, I think both of these guys are power punchers. They both are college wrestlers, so they could resort to that wrestling. But once you get in front of the big lights, the, the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, I think somebody wants a knockout here. Uh, I really like Justin Gaethje. There's a, there's a couple prop bets too on points bet that you can take advantage of. I like Gaethje and under two and a half rounds. Um, you can get plus money on that. There's another prop bet, Gaethje first round or second round. So as long as he finishes it in one of those two rounds, 
I think this is going to finish early. But again, there's going to be a lot of power here. There's going to be a ton of violence in this fight. I can't wait to see this one then. That's 61% of the money is on the under. So judging by that, people think there is going to be violence in this one as well. So I'm with you on that. Bantamweight bout. All right. Marlon Vera. Uh, They're taking on Fred Edgar. Edgar's kind of sliding. One in three in his last four. Uh, you just continuing this fade right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, Frankie Edgar's a Jersey guy. So uh, he's from Tom's River. He's local. But this may be his retirement fight. And mm -hmm. and anyone who's, uh, you know, a Marlon Vera guy probably remembers when he knocked out Brad Pickett in his retirement fight a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, knocked him out in the third round. Frankie's going to come out. He has an iconic walkout. He runs to the cage. Biggie is going to be his theme song. He's going to have a lot of energy. He's going to play off that crowd early in the fight. I just don't see him carrying that for three rounds. I think he's going to fade a little bit. And to be honest, Marlon Vera is a slow starter. So I see Marlon Vera in round two and three kind of taking over this fight, possibly getting a third round knockout. I mean, if somebody wants to, to really bet here, really throw a gamble in there, Marlon Vera round three KO is plus 1,800. You can Ooh. even throw that one. Uh, or a live bet. You know, if you see that Frankie comes out and wins round one, you can throw a live bet there on, on Marlon Vera if you can get some plus money. And I think that's a, a nice way to play this also. Oh, interesting. Well, it's like great that. to have uh, the UFC back at Madison Square Garden. I completely agree with you that the energy in this place is going to be electric. And I cannot wait to uh, get a handle on this card. Uh, Steven, we appreciate everything that you brought to the table here. This was a, a very informative segment here. Uh, of course, Steve Riccardi, you're at Combat Sports NBC? At Combat Sports NBC, that's right. Right on. Check him out on Twitter. Get more of his handicap for this weekend's UFC fights. And then uh, also you find him on NBCSportsEdge.com. Let's get to some edge of the day, though. There are some bets on the board tonight that I think have potential to bring home winners. Vaughn, why don't you give me your best look on the card? So bounce back NBA prop of the day for me. It's going to be a one and a half unit play on LeBron James. All right, King James, we're taking the under 38 and a half points, rebounds, assists. And while that might be scary to some people, he will be matched up against Oklahoma City Thunder. So when you look at that automatically, you know, LeBron James does not need to play 35 plus minutes here to, uh, to really try and get a W because they have plenty of talent around them to handle one of the worst teams in the NBA. But considering that LeBron James at the under in four of his last five games, He's, he had to go 30 points and 10 assists against our Rockets team just to get a win. They're not going to want to use him too much. Looking at his usage rate, right now he has a 28.8% usage rate. Anthony Davis has 28%. Russell Westbrook at 27.2. So all three are top 50 right now. We're going to see that kind of divvy up. And a guy like Westbrook could kind of take the extra step here uh, against his former Thunder squad and put up numbers compared to LeBron James, who kind of just cruise back, get a 22-7-5 game, and hit the under here smoothly. So. Uh, LeBron James, my best look of the night here in the uh, NBA. You know, I can't really disagree with you. His effort level has been difficult to really pinpoint so far this season, but he certainly is not playing at the level that warrants this kind of respect in the PRA market. So, uh, and really, the I'm not exactly sure what the Any Lakers market. have done. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the Lakers <laughs> are doing, getting uh, getting 13-point favorite status, but I guess it's the Thunder ridiculous. are pretty pathetic offensively. So that makes sense. Uh, I will talk about uh, the maybe the, the most competitive game on the board. We have a matchup between the Utah Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks obviously coming off of a very unimpressive performance against the Nets. They fought hard for a half. They come into that third quarter, and uh, realistically – 
it looked like they probably should have given John Collins the night off because as soon as they were asking him to kind of be the focal point of the offense, the wheels came off for the Hawks in that third quarter, uh, give up like a, what, a 25-6 run or something to end the third, and it was game over for Atlanta. They now welcome on back-to-back nights the Utah Jazz, who come in as hot as ever. The Jazz are playing some of the best basketball in the NBA right now. Right now, you would say the two best teams in the NBA by a mile are the Jazz and the Heat. And of course, uh, the Hawks are kind of right in the middle right now. They're not really impressing anyone. Four and four right now overall in the record uh, and uh, three and five against the spread so far this season. Realistically, though, this is a matchup that is absolutely perfect for Utah. Uh, Utah is getting some unbelievable play out of Rudy Gobert so far this season. There was a little bit of confusion. I'm not sure if you saw this, but a number of um, fantasy sites uh, had Rudy Gobert listed as out for this game. As far as I can tell you, Rudy Gobert is perfectly healthy and will play. Rudy Gay is the player who is out for this game. There is one injury to keep an eye on, though, and that is Donovan Mitchell. He is questionable, but personally... I'm not really concerned one way or the other if Mitchell plays because I don't think that's really how Utah is intending to go about winning this matchup anyway. The uh, the Hawks very you know right now many of their players are dealing with injuries. They're not listed on the injury report, but Trey you know Trey was probably you know he was dealing with a, uh, an injury last night. Uh, John Collins, as we mentioned, has been battling through it, and Rudy Gobert is playing some of the best defense of his career, and some of the best defense, literally, that we've ever seen in the NBA, specifically protecting the rim. Hawks have not been shooting the ball well from three; they've been almost only getting it done really at the rim, uh, and so going up against the absolute uh, best defender, rim defender in Rudy Gobert tonight, unless they can get him in foul trouble, unless they can get him reduced minutes somehow in this game, Atlanta is not going to be able to make their team total in this one and Utah on the flip side uh, matches up fairly well against an Atlanta defense that's relatively unimpressive so I like the Jazz minus one and a half should be a good contest but ultimately I like them to pull away in the second half against a gas toss Hawks team and uh, Jazz continue their winning ways as among the best in the NBA as someone who bet the Hawks yesterday I definitely and I agree and with this look you would figure John <laughs> Collins probably isn't going to be playing tonight or not look that good at all if he does, based off that. And yeah, as you said, Rudy Gobert, he's been a moneymaker for me in the prop market so far. Yeah. Uh, one yep. of my favorite bets. And this was my NBA championship prediction, Drew. Oh, interesting. Well, so, I mean, hey, we get a little, uh, little teaser here tonight. Well, it's a bad matchup for the Hawks. So hopefully if you're a Hawks fan, you don't see the Jazz in the finals because, uh, of course, the Jazz swept the Hawks by 20 points in both contests last year. Uh, So obviously not a great matchup. But um, don't forget, we'll wrap the show here. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for lots more information and handicapping angles. You'll have all the information you need to know after you're done listening to us to continue helping you with your wagers. Thanks to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. And again, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Best of luck with all your plays. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.